Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. When we take the light of God's Word and we lay it on the path that we're on, God can do something amazing for each of us. And today we are going to be talking about Nehemiah once again. And it's a three-part series in a study called Best Laid Plans. And we are learning from Nehemiah in how to make plans that God is going to bless. We all love making plans and we love it when a plan comes together. We love it when we make a plan and it goes according to plan. But most often that is not what happens. Things fall apart. Things break down. There are quite a few detours and sometimes the timeline in which we set out to accomplish something, well, that deadline is not met and we are frustrated not just with ourselves and maybe by the fact that we have allowed so many distractions to deter us from our goals, but just the fact that maybe we've been focused, but we feel that God has not been focused on us. Well, Nehemiah shows us that it is possible to pray to God and God in turn gives us a plan. He gives us a purpose. He in turn gives us a burden. Now, many of us set out in this life to allow our lives to be led by our own passions and desires. And from an early age, we're asked, hey, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to become? And sometimes we just don't have an idea yet that is strongly formed. Sometimes we're taking the suggestions of others or the influence that others have over us to direct us and to guide us in this life. But God wants to personally guide us. He wants to personally give us a plan and he wants to personally allow for his purpose to be lived out in each of us. And so that's what Nehemiah reveals because even if he is a captive in a strange kingdom under a foreign king, he continues to have a burden for the kingdom of God, for Jerusalem, for the walls, for the temple. He continues to pray to God. He doesn't allow his every day to keep him from being focused on his true purpose, and that is to be a son of God. He knows that his purpose is to be in relationship with God. And when we make that our focus, God guides us. Guide is a word that we understand. When we have a disability and let's say we had a disability where we did not have our eyesight, we would need a guide. There are guide dogs, there are guide people, there are guides when you are trying to cross a street. There are sounds that you can listen to even when you are impaired in your eyesight. 
there is a guide. And I believe that God is setting guides in our life because he doesn't want us to lose sight of what he really has in store for us. And what Nehemiah does is that he doesn't just look at what's happening in his life and in his circumstances to guide him. He has a deadline in his mind that he is not going to be deterred from. And this is important because today we're talking about guarding our time. And we know that we have a limited amount of time each day and each year. And sometimes when time moves ahead and we feel that we are not moving with it and we are not living out our purpose to the fullness of what we had imagined, envisioned, or even expected for ourselves, well, we can get quite discouraged. Well, Nehemiah gets asked a very important question in the story in which we're in. And it says this, that the king, with the queen by his side, asked, how long will your work take? If you leave us, Nehemiah, and you go to Jerusalem to rebuild this walls, how long will you be gone for? And when will you get back? And then the king was willing to send me. And look at this, Nehemiah sets a time. Now he hasn't been to Jerusalem. He doesn't know how long this work is actually going to take. It's going to be quite challenging for Nehemiah to fulfill a timeline, a deadline, when he doesn't even know what he is facing in terms of the workers and the materials and the circumstances and obstacles that he's going to have to face. He hasn't even surveyed. He hasn't been able to assess. And yet, he sets a time. Now, how can you do something like that unless you've been able to go out there? Why wasn't his answer, King, I'd love to be able to give you a timeline and a deadline of when I can do these things. So let me go out there and let me get back to you on this. And as soon as I figure this out, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you when I can be back. Well, he doesn't do that, does he? He just gives him a time. He gives him a deadline. He tells him when he's going to be back, when he truly doesn't know. And he does this because he is in a relationship with God in a way that God has been able to communicate to Nehemiah throughout this story what it is that he is to tell the king. And we noticed last week how he was able to whisper a prayer before giving a response. Where he went in to see the king and he didn't know if this was going to be the day in which the king was going to ask him about him and his state of mind and his state of heart. All we know is that the king saw Nehemiah at an all-time low. And even though he was at an all-time low, that's exactly when the king says to him, what's wrong? And in that moment, Nehemiah says, Lord, help me. Give me the words. I don't know how to answer this. I don't know how to respond to this, but guide me. 
And in that moment, God guides Nehemiah and gives him incredibly the words to say, I want to go and rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. It was the worst day for Nehemiah, but it was the day that God chose for these words to be spoken to the king because it was the right day for the king's heart. It wasn't the right day for Nehemiah, but it was the right day for the king. And when we are being guided by God, this is what we've got to understand, that it may not be the right time for us, but it's the right time for it to happen. It may not be the right moment in our minds and in our hearts and in our life, but it's the right moment for whoever needs to hear it, for whoever needs to give you the permission, for whoever it is that needs to give you the resources, whoever needs to back your dream and finance the vision, whoever it is that needs to come alongside you and join your team and help you to accomplish the purpose that God has for you. It may not be the right time for you, but it's the right time for everything else. And God is saying, this is the moment that I want you to, to take and follow my guidance. And that's what Nehemiah does. And in that moment when he doesn't know exactly what to say, because how can you, if you haven't been there, he gives a deadline. And I, and I love the fact that Nehemiah is able to do this. In Ephesians chapter 5, there's a beautiful verse in chapter 5, verse 16 that says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And it's just a constant reminder by God telling us that, hey, even if the days are evil, I need you to know there are opportunities in it that I'm giving you to do amazing things. That you don't have to be limited by what's going on around you. I am with you. I am for you. And because of this, I can help you to achieve any deadline. Now, I want to guard my time as much as I possibly can. I, I want to be able to plan my day and, and, and use the moments I have for the things that I want to dedicate them to. I think we're all the same. And when someone comes along and we've got a plan and we, 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 we've got things figured out, the last thing we want is for something to interrupt that. Well, I had made a plan one day and, and, uh, and I was working on that plan. I was excited. I was sitting in front of my laptop and I was in front of the screen and I was getting ready. I was motivated. I mean, thoughts and ideas and, and just words were flowing. I loved it. I, was, I loved the moment that I was in. And then my son comes into the room and he says, Dad, uh, there's, there's water in the furnace room. I'm like, what? And I had to just like put all that aside and, and, and get up and run downstairs into the basement. And I opened up the furnace room door and sure enough, there's water everywhere. And, and the water is absolutely like flooding the basement. I'm like, where's this water coming from? And I can see that there's just a slow leak on one of the hot water tanks. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, we got we to gotta somehow gather up all this water, stop the leak. And so I'm, I'm going to all the places where I know I can turn off the water. And, but the t there's water still in the tanks. The water just keeps flowing. Now on that day, we had to, you know, put towels down. I had to go to Home Depot and buy a, uh, a, a, a wet, dry vac. I didn't have one. And, and, I, and then here I was doing all this. My whole day was shot. But it wasn't just my day that got shot. It was my, my daughter's. It was my son's. It was my wife's. They all had to help. And everything that we had planned for that day, everything was just like gone. 
And after that moment, after we had gotten it all dry and, and everything else, it's like you, you can't just go back into your, your, your mindset of before. You just can't just pick up where you last left off. I, I, I sat down in front of my laptop and, and my mind was just thinking, I, I gotta find a plumber. I, I've gotta, now we gotta make money. Uh, you gotta find the money to, to replace these, this, this, this hot water tank. And, and my mind now is preoccupied with all the things that the circumstances of this life have now just invaded my, my time. I wasn't able to guard my time. It, it, it was taken away from me. Now, whatever the circumstances are for you, and, and I'm sure you've been in, in similar type situations where time was just taken away. You were guarding it, but something came and disrupted that. Well, Proverbs 16, 9 says that we can make our plans, but listen to this, but it's always the Lord who's going to determine our steps. And what this means in, in the book of Proverbs is that we can make plans and we can plan our day and we can guard our time, but there are things that are going to happen that are going to disrupt that. But what is important is not that there is a disruption, not that there is an obstacle, not that there's someone who wants to see you not succeed. Not that someone is not going to back your dream or, or, or support your vision of the future for your own life, but that God knows all this and that in spite of all the things that can converge to try to destroy your plans and the plans that God has for you, that God, because he has determined your steps, listen to this, God is going to see you to a place where you are going to succeed. You're going to leave where you are to the place that God has determined for you. And nothing's going to hold God back from getting you there. He is going to move you from where you are to where you need to be. And, and so when things go wrong in my life, I say, God, you determine my steps. You've given me a plan. You've given me a purpose. I've done everything I can to guard my time. And there are times, Lord, when I have been undisciplined, I repent of that. Forgive me. I confess that I have not been a good guardian of the time that you have given me. But I pray, Lord, that you forgive me and that you once again set me on the path that you have determined and help me to take the steps that I need to take to get to where I need to be so that I can be of use to you for your glory and for the benefit and blessing of others around me. In John chapter 10 and in verse 3, it says something so beautiful about Jesus. It says that he is the gatekeeper. And the Bible says that he opens the gate for him. There's a gatekeeper who opens the gate for him. For him meaning for Jesus. And the sheep, listen to this, recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and then he leads them out. And now I want you to see that God has placed a gatekeeper, a first line of defense there. So that even before he arrives, there is someone there protecting. There is someone there guarding. There is a guardian. 
This gatekeeper is a guardian. And this gatekeeper, this guardian, only opens the gate for the shepherd. And so God has put in his infinite wisdom and provision and protection and for our peace and for our prosperity, he has put a gatekeeper there. He has put a guardian. And when Jesus comes and he's ready to call us out by name, remember that he not only has put a protection there, but he's ready to lead us, to guide us, because our steps have been ordered by him. But he doesn't just tell us the direction that we need to go in. He's making it clear that we understand that we are following him out. We're following him out. We are following Jesus. We are following his voice. And he has called us by name. So there's no confusion about who needs to go out. There's no confusion about where we need to go, what we need to do. No confusion about any of that because he has called us by name. And I love the fact that it is so personal that God can just call on us by name. That he was going to call us by name and lead us out. Now, Nehemiah anticipated that there would be uh, great barriers that he was going to have to face. And so the following verse that we're looking at, it says this, that I then asked the king to give me letters for the governors of territories that were west of the Euphrates River, giving me safe travel to Judah. And I also asked for a letter to the keeper of the king's royal forests so that he would be instructed to supply me with the timber that I needed to rebuild the gates of the city, the city walls, and for a house to live in. Now, what Nehemiah does is that he not only plans for his time, but he also plans for the resources that he's going to need. And I love the fact that he's just not saying, hey, I'm going to go out there. Uh, Jesus is going to be there for me. He's going to help me. He's just going to provide my needs. And a lot of us sometimes spiritualize what guidance with God looks like, and we just think that things are just going to be there when we need them. Well, God did teach his disciples on two different occasions when they would go out that they were to, one, take nothing with them. In other words, wherever they would go, God would supply and they learned that. And they came back and they gave the report and they said, God, wherever we went, people opened their doors, people opened up their kitchens, people fed us, people clothed us, people gave us water, people protected us, they gave us shelter. It was amazing. No matter where we went, people took care of us. And, and, and Jesus says, that's exactly what I wanted you to experience. I wanted you to experience what it's like when you go out there in my name, fulfilling my purpose and my plan for your life, and you are out there to be a blessing to others that God will provide for you. I wanted you to learn that. And then there was a second time when he told them, when you go out into the world, I want you to make sure you have everything that you need. Like, including a weapon. If you have a sword, bring it. Because these are going to be different times. Now, how, how am I going to know which time I'm in? Like, is this the time where I bring nothing and I trust on God to provide everything? Or is this the time where I write letters 
and, and ask for sponsorship and, and get authority from the king to be able to get the resources, the timber that I need from the guy in charge of the forest to give me everything that I would require to be able to not only build the city gates, the walls, but also a house to live in. Which time am I in? Well, here's what God is saying. God is saying, that's why I'm in your life. I'm in your life as the shepherd to tell you which time it is. See, the disciples didn't know which time it was to not bring anything until Jesus told them, don't bring anything. And the disciples didn't know that this was the time to bring everything, including a weapon, until Jesus was the one who told them, bring everything, including a weapon. Jesus was the one who, when he came to where the pen was, there was a gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper, recognizing Jesus, lets the one true shepherd in. And we, his sheep, hear his voice because of his name, our names are being called. And we follow Jesus wherever we need to go. Can we say amen to that? So we're always trying to figure out, is this the time? Is this the place? Is this the way? I bring nothing. I bring everything. Like, what am I supposed to do here? Well, the Bible says this in Proverbs 27, 12. It says that a sensible man looks for the problems ahead and prepares to meet them. And I think that if we were to look at what the Bible says, preparation, discipline, is so important in seeing the realization of God's plans and purposes for our lives. And so we can't just go out there haphazardly, just praying and believing that the universe is just going to be good to us, that because we're good people, that good things are going to happen to us, that because we're children of God, God is just always going to bless us and provide for us no matter what. Listen, most of the time, I don't know if God is blessing us with resources or rescuing us because we're idiots. I think, I think he probably is rescuing us more than he is blessing us. I, I know that many times in my life I have felt like God has rescued me more than he has just blessed me. Of course, it was a blessing, but it wasn't because I had prepared, not because I had planned, not because I, 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 had, I had gotten ready for the moment, but it's just that I was so unready for the moment that when I needed God and I called out to him, he came to my rescue and things worked out. And, and I, I wonder if sometimes in our spiritual journey, we can get so used to God rescuing us, we think this is what it looks like to be in relationship with God and not be truly time guardians and not prepare and not get ready for what God has in store for us the way that he truly wants us to be prepared. And so let's not make that mistake. Let's not be the kind of people who always are unprepared, but let's not be the people who also are so confident in our own preparations and so confident of what we bring to the table and what we believe others are going to bring that we just put God aside, that we stop following the voice of the shepherd, that we stop believing that he's the one guiding us and leading us to the prosperity that he has promised us.
Uh, Jesus said these words, you will never be my disciple if you're not willing to carry your cross and follow me. So don't begin until you count the cost. Who would begin building without first figuring the cost and seeing if they had enough to complete it? Jesus said that in Luke chapter 14, 27 and 28. He was saying that you have to count the cost. You've got to figure things out. You want your plan to work? Well, this is how it's going to work when you figure out how much it's going to cost once you start to see it all the way through. And so even Jesus is telling us to prepare. So let's just not wait for God to rescue us. Let's plan. Let's prepare. Let's be guardians of our time and the resources that God has made available. And Nehemiah figured this out so that when he was able to speak to the king, he was saying, I need letters for all the governors. So when I walk from here to Judah, I'll be safe. But I, when I get there, I'm going to need a letter for the guy who's in charge of the timber. And I'm going to need all that timber for all of these reasons. And the king was able to say yes. Here's the last point. Nehemiah put his trust in God to meet all of his needs. Now it says this in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 8. It says that because God's gracious favor was on me, the king gave me everything, look at this, that I asked for. Wow, you know, I believe in, in grace. Uh, I believe that God is a God who is infinite in his mercy and compassion. And I believe that because we are so undeserving, we are always experiencing his grace. God is just being merciful and compassionate and wanting to care for us every step of the way. But there are times, let's be honest, where we don't know the difference between grace and favor. And, and, and favor looks like what Nehemiah is describing here. That everything he is asking for, because it's according to God's plan, God is giving it. Everything that he looked for in need to fulfill the plan, he received it. Wow, you know, there have been times in my life where I have truly felt that this wasn't a moment of grace, this was a moment of favor. I felt, well, things were working out not because I was worthy and deserving. Of course, Christ made me those things. But it was because God's favor was on me because he had a plan. He had a purpose for this ministry. And God wanted very specifically for us to have certain things. This building being one of them. There was no way that we would be in this building unless God had given his favor. At a time in which it had never been done before, God gave us a building that we could not afford with not enough people to support what it would cost to not only purchase it, but carry its weight each and every week. And yet God's favor was there. Not only did we get the building, but we were able to provide for it. And that has not ceased until this day. Why? Because God's favor doesn't lift from your life until the plan and the purpose for what he has given you has come to an end. And I know that we can make our plans. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. But God has, look at this, the last word. 
There are many people who can come and declare death and declare destruction. They can come and declare deception. They can come and they can declare evil upon us, but they cannot curse what God has blessed. They cannot curse what God has given us favor for. And so those people around Nehemiah were cursing him, deceiving him, trying to manipulate him. They were putting obstacles in his place, in front of his place, in, in every part of his life, including those that were working alongside him. But it didn't change the fact that the timeline and the deadline that Nehemiah had and had given as a promise to the king was one that he was going to see through. And he had the favor of God on his life and nothing was going to stop him. And so we make our plans, but God has the last word. There's another verse I want to share with you and we conclude with this. And it says, what you ought to say is this in the book of James. If it is the Lord's will, we will live long enough to do this or that. And James says that you say these words when you're not 100% sure if God is really behind these plans. You say this because you don't know if God has given you this plan and this purpose, if he's made it clear what the deadline is supposed to be. And so you come before God and you say, Lord, I've made these plans, but I want to surrender them to you. Lord, I have these deadlines, but I want to give them over to you. Lord, I, I have these ideas, but I want to consecrate them to you. I want you to come, and I want you to lead me out of where I am. I want you to call me by name, and I want you to make it clear. I want you to give me the deadline, Lord. I want you to make it clear the path that I'm to walk on so that I will be undeterred no matter how much destruction is put in my path. And so, Lord, as we come before you today and as we ask that you would help us and consecrate us to a place where we can surrender our lives fully to you, we ask, Lord, that you would guide us, that you would help us with our time, that we would be led by you to fulfill a plan and a purpose. Lord, I believe that you have great things in store for each of us and you want to call us by name and you want to lead us out. You want to put not just grace in our life, you want to put favor upon it. You want to provide everything that we will need so we can fulfill this great plan and purpose that you have for us. I pray, Lord, that you would make it clear for each of us. Thank you for the way that you are here for us today, that right now we can come before you and ask that you would intervene in our lives, that you would once again redeem the time that we may have lost, that we may have squandered, that we may have wasted, and ask right now, Lord, that you would renew and restore all of that so that we can gloriously once again have our steps ordered by you. Lord, thank you for teaching us what we are to do in each moment of our lives, whether we are to be dependent and reliant on you to provide, or if we are to go out and make sure that we have all the resources we need before 
we fulfill the plan. Lord, you're going to make that clear. We are going to listen to your voice. You're our shepherd. And you're going to tell us what to do in the moment that we need it. And you will speak to us. You'll speak clearly. And you'll make it known. And we thank you for that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.